please, grandparents, remember the um, intensity and expectation of parents when you were parenting is not the same as it is now. The stakes feel so much higher to parents right now. They are so much more involved than the generations before where it was like, go outside and play, right? And so we, we are so much more attached to our parenting and therefore we're more sensitive and vulnerable. And so it's, it can feel really raw to have someone judge your parenting, especially someone that you care about and that you've looked up to, you know, in the past. So I just, I think that piece is so important as a future focused grandparent to say part of my intention and proactive choices are going to be around how do I make my adult child feel about what they're asking of me? How do I make them feel about their parenting? Are you cheering them on? Are you telling them regularly what you do like, right? And being really careful about what you're vocal about that you don't like. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Future-focused parents, welcome back to another episode of Raising Adults. Kira in her laundry room, me in my coat closet here with you today, and we're going to talk a little bit about future-focused grandparenting. So I want to right away say I understand that primarily you guys out there are future-focused parents rather than future-focused grandparents, but we really want you to have a listen because we anticipate you may end up wanting to share this episode with either your own parents or people functioning as grandparents for your children, or maybe even just people you know who are grandparenting and might benefit. So hang in there and and stay tuned because we'll have some good tips for that. And, and also I think for you along the way as well and how to interact with the people functioning as grandparents in your children's lives. So Kira, how are you over in the laundry room? I'm I'm okay. The laundry literally just finished. I was joking I that I mistimed my, <laughs> my washing machine this morning. It we was, had to wait a bit. We had to wait because it was still going. Um, but luckily it's done now. So this is what happens when you record in a laundry room and like actually have a life with laundry. Um, <laughs> so it's done now, which is good. But I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I'm I am well. I am I am I am cozy. It is really true that the less insulated parts of your house will feel the external temperature more. So I'm really thankful that we're out of that heat wave because I'm mm-hmm. much more comfortable in here today. Good. I'm glad. And I'm hoping you're going to be back in this laundry room with me pretty soon here. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Holding fingers out crossed. hopes for that to happen just around the corner, hopefully. Yay. Yay. All right. So the grandparents. Yeah. And you have so many in your children's so lives because so of the blended family. So yeah. we're going to talk about that too, right? Yeah, we will. Excellent. For sure. So Excellent. do you have a, a a why for why you care about imparting wisdom for future-focused grandparents? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that two things. I think first and foremost, if you've got a grandparent who's actively involved in your child's life, maybe lives nearby, maybe even participates in childcare, they kind of have to match your parenting style because – That's how you create that consistency that we talk about all the time. And so bringing grandparents alongside you and helping them understand your why, helping them understand 
this future-focused mentality is just going to mean that your care team is all on the same page, which you and I talk about all the time. Um, So that's number one. And number two, I think, you know, one of the things I love about our philosophy is the way that it breeds positive relationships between parent and child. And I think that's the same for grandparents. I see it with my dad. You know, he lives with us. He's very much a future-focused grandparent and very much tries to match, you know, the philosophy that Dave and I parent from. Um, And it has bred a beautiful relationship between him and my kids. And, you know, they, they understand the parameters and the boundaries, and he sets those too. And so he reaps all the same benefits of, you know, he can ask them to do something, they get it done. They can have responsibilities down at his place, and they do them. Um, they can have an open, honest conversation together. They've had conflict before where then they sit down and they talk about it. So he's enjoying all the benefits that we talk about all the time. And so I think, you know, so many, so often grandparents are just exhausted from hanging out with their grandkids. And it's a beautiful, positive experience, but it's also really draining. And I think that coming at it from that future-focused mentality can just help grandparents understand better what their children are doing for their grandchildren and also breed that positive relationship. Well, and what you've said there, I promise not to go on a long rabbit trail, but I guess I'm having rabbit trail of the day to day. What I love about that is when you talk about reaping the benefits, it actually comes from that structure and Mm -hmm. that funnel and the boundaries. And I think so many times this is where our philosophy is unique because I think so many people who are trying to foster this positive relationship with their children and I want to end up being their friend someday and I want them to like me go the other way and end up in this, that whack-a-mole parenting that we talk about, right? They're just putting out fires because they don't want to upset the apple cart, but really to truly enjoy your children that structure is helpful. And so bringing grandparents, other caregivers into the fold on that lets them reap those same benefits. It's just so, I know it's so counterintuitive, but we've just seen time and time again how that works. So I I had to highlight that. It's like, oh, it's that thing again that seems backwards, but isn't. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. How about you? Well, I do have a why around kind of this blended family piece. And it leads to my larger second why, but I have two. My first one is I just really believe that having an extended network is important for children. And not everyone has their grandparents, but an extended network Mm -hmm. is important. Other adults. And so I I also love that you touched on that unity piece. We talk so much about parenting on the same page, and this includes all the caregivers. I think that really benefits children to have other adults investing in their world. And all of my grandparents have passed away by the time I was eight. So I really feel like I can speak to this, that other adults matter. So again, if you're a parent listening to this episode, the other adults matter, even if maybe you don't have your parents anymore. So I think that's really important that we bring everyone in because our children benefit from lots of adults Mm -hmm. who just pour love into their lives. But the second thing is, and I think this is equally, if maybe not more important, is that it's important to say it's not too late. And I think we may have some grandparents who catch episodes here and there and think, gosh, I wish I'd done that Mm -hmm. with my kids Mm -hmm. who are now adult children. 
And to say, well, guess what? You have this unique opportunity to partner with your child if they're future focused or to be future focused yourself and with your grandchildren and that it's not too late. And we say that to you parents too all the time. If you need to make a course correction, correct it. But how special if you're coming into a season of being a grandparent and you kind of get this like amazing do-over and I just think that's important that we remember, okay, you know, sometimes we're going to get it wrong. We all do. Mm -hmm. We're going to make those mistakes, but what a unique and special season where you really get to enjoy these people without some of the same demands of parenting them, but you can still do that in a future focused way and that that's not too late. And it's also not too late to have a great interaction with your adult children around coming together to raise mm-hmm. great grandkids. So that's just important to me. And I think that's what ties into the blended piece is, you know, my parents got some extra grandkids right later right. on, and it wasn't too late to do a good job with that too. And right. and you, you have opportunities present themselves all the time. And this is just another one of those examples. So that seems great to me. Well, and this is, is an interesting segue into something that I wanted to bring up, you know, before we talk about the house and all those things. I think there's this interesting like middle ground that grandparents want to live in, right? Where they're actually quite joyful that they don't have to be the parent, which is fair. I totally get that, right? They're like, I don't have to be the consistent one. That's your job, honey, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I get to give them back and I get to do with them the things I couldn't do with you because I was your parent. So I get to give them all the ice cream and take them to the park and do all the crazy things things that either you don't have the bandwidth to do, you don't have the money to do, or you feel like you can't do because you're the parent and you're supposed to be providing healthy meals and you know all that stuff. Yeah. And so I think that what I really want to be clear about as we talk about this today is that being a future-focused grandparent doesn't mean that you don't get to do that. It's about you don't get to only do that. And you don't get to do that necessarily in a way that's going to make it harder on your children to then be the parents that they need to be. And that's really important because that's what I see is like, you know, the kids go off to grandma and grandpa's house, they have a ball and they come home so wiped and so high off of sugar and so all done that actually the parents have to pick up the pieces of that. And whether they've intended to or not, they've actually made their grown adult children's lives harder. And I think that there's a middle ground that I would be encouraging grandparents to find. And certainly this is a conversation we've had to have with my dad of like, I get that you want to be grandpa. That's totally cool. But also I need you to not make my life harder. And so taking that intentional proactive piece that you and I talk about all the time into the conversations and saying like, where's where are the places? And I guess this is my first house. Sorry, I kind of took myself there. But where are the places where I can be fun grandparent and throw caution to the wind and get them all the cotton candy that they want? And where are the places where really I actually can't do that because you have a big meeting the next day? Or, you know, there's that conversation so that the adult parents, the grown children in the middle feel supported. The kids still get to have a great time. Grandpa and grandma still get to be grandpa and grandma, but it's working cohesively as that team instead of just, well, I'm the grandparent. I don't have to, I don't have to do that anymore. Um, I think there's room for both, you know, both and love you. (laughs) Like, you know what? We should work together. That is such a good idea. I have an idea. Because that is, in different words, basically what my first takeaway thing was going to be. Oh, sorry. I just... Is that... No, it's totally fine. Um, 
I was going to suggest that if you are in the fortunate position of knowing a grandchild's on the way and you can ask this in advance, or whether you're one who's been at this for a while and wants to maybe strive to do it a little better or do it differently, that the most important question you can ask is, how can I enjoy this while meeting your needs as a parent? So the biggest question that is a blessing to me from my parents is where do I need to match you (laughs) and where can I depart from that? And so like, this will be of no surprise to anyone. For me, when my people were babies, if my parents watched them, you may not depart from me on sleep. Right. I need to keep that routine going that we've established. And, but you know, when they're awake, can you have extra snuggles instead of making sure they're propped up with an with a stimulating book on during tummy time? Yes. Have a snuggle. You know, but but that's exactly it. It's that question of where do we need to match and where can I depart and have some fun? Right. So I, I just, I just love you because I was like, oh yeah. mm -hmm, Well, and I love that you took my three minute diatribe about it and put it in one question. Where do I need (laughs) to match you and where can, this is why we need to work together because this is it. You are very good at putting my many, many blurry thoughts into a succinct (laughs) thing that our listeners can actually walk away with instead of like, what did Kira say? (laughs) Well, and this is, as we've said, people would, if it was only Kira, if we were not co-hosts, you guys, if it was only Kira, you might walk away going, what, what? What that was amazing, but what exactly did what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And if I were alone and didn't have a co-host, it would be a seven-minute podcast. So hi everyone, you would get you know, none of this your the amazing stories. <laughs> be like, just here's your tips for the day. Bye, and a cute acronym. See oh you later. God. I don't know. I'd listen to that podcast. Um, I love that. I love that. Okay, so we totally match on that first. Yes, we definitely do. Yeah. And I love that you talked about if you are expecting a grandchild, like this is, I mean, please, if you can have this conversation before there's a crying baby in the mix, let's do that. I mean, talk I mean, about being proactive and intentional, yeah, right? When, when, And I mean, to a certain extent, as a new parent, you don't really know what you're going to need. But starting that communication early yes. is so important because that is my other takeaway is the importance of communicating regularly and checking mm-hmm. in. How's this going? Is it working? Do you feel supported? What can I be doing differently? You know, just like we invite feedback from our children, grandparents, please invite feedback from your adult children. Yes. <laughs> you know, they need to feel like it's okay to let you know if something's not working because ultimately I think most grandparents want to be supportive and they want to show up. And, you know, parenting looks really different than it did when we were kids. So, they don't necessarily know how, but yeah. I think if you're willing to at least share an openness with your adult children and say like, hey, I might not know how, but I'm open to being taught or I'm open to talking about it or I'm even just open to hearing what's working and what's not. Sure. You know, that communication piece is key. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say is just the reverse <laughs> of what you said, like checking in regularly. What could I be doing better? What's going great? But also, and grandparents, it might be hard to hear, but it also really matters how you receive feedback yeah, that you get because well the said. the adult child who's now a parent might have to say, hey, this isn't working for me. And being able to receive that graciously makes a huge difference. I had to do that with my parents just uh, several years ago when we were still kind of figuring out this whole new thing with the blend and had to just point out something. And you know what? I It made light years difference that they were like, that makes sense. We can do that. Mm-hmm. So that that ability to receive feedback matters and it will 
And, and and what Kira just said, asking questions regularly, inviting the feedback, lets them know, oh, they're on my team. They want this to go well. So then they're going to feel safe coming to you yeah, if, if an issue does come up. It's safe to give me feedback. Yeah. Right? Just yeah. like that we do with our kids. Like one of the reasons you and I invite feedback from our kids is so that they always know it's safe to give feedback. Yeah. That's how we set that This is tone. the same thing, just a generation older. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, FFPs, I just want to tell you about a really incredible new app that I had the opportunity to try recently. It kind of fell in our laps and it was really kismet because this is an app called Mama Zen. And it's really an app for helping moms find mindfulness in their parenting, reduce their anger and stress. And if they're having trouble sleeping, help them sleep better. And it is so closely linked to the work that I used to do in my private practice, helping people find that Zen state and get back into their bodies and just feel better. And so I was really lucky to get an opportunity to try it. And I've actually been having trouble sleeping lately, which is totally unlike me, but it's been that way for about a year now. And so what's cool about the app is you actually get to plug in like what you're struggling with, and then they tailor the recordings to that. So because I was struggling with sleep, a lot of what was coming up for me were things to help me sleep. And I have been using it and really enjoying it and definitely seeing the benefits. I feel much more calm, much more present and connected to my kids and I'm sleeping better. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Well, and I know for so many moms, finding Zen can be super challenging. So if you're one of those and you experience things like impatience, anger, anxiety, irritability, or you feel like you're starting to have hardly a day go by where you're not yelling at your kids, then this app is definitely for you. The Mama Zen app specializes in helping moms change their motherhood habits so they can become patient and more mindful, calmer and happier, and raise those happy and mindful adults. The other great thing about the app is it gives you the flexibility you need so you can work at your own pace from the comfort of your own home. It's super simple. Once you download the app and sign up, you receive your own customized program that fits your journey with specific solutions for your family. And Mama Zen has a promo code for our listeners. Just use the promo code FUTURE, all caps, and that will give you full, unlimited, free access to Mama Zen for 30 days. That's Mama Zen, M-A-M-A, Z-E-N. We definitely encourage you to go to your app store and download it today. Well, and I think too, there's a piece about, like, I love, you're right. It's not just about setting the tone for receiving feedback. It's also how you receive it. And so I think there's a piece here about when you are hearing something that is different from how you would naturally do it or how you did it as a parent, you know, a generation ago making sure that if you don't understand that you're really clear that it's that you don't understand and you want to not that you're challenging their perspective because that is where a lot of tension comes between you know the the grandparent generation and the parent generation is this feeling of like this is how I want to do it and I'm getting judgment from you about it like Again, if you want to, you don't get to say, I'm the grandparent and it's so cool because I don't have to be the parent anymore. You don't get to do that and then be judgmental about how the parents are doing it, right? Like you're not the parent. You've just said, I'm not the parent anymore. Um, And so I think that's part of it too. Like it makes sense to me. There's going to be so much that a whole generation above us it doesn't understand. Like, what do you mean? What is emotional intelligence? We didn't raise our kids that way. That's okay to not understand, but being very cognizant of how you're expressing the fact that you don't understand. So it's not coming across 
as a judgment on what your adult child would like you to do differently. That is super well put. I don't the even end. want to add That's anything. That's the end of <laughs> There you go. Hope it was a great episode for you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, I do have more. I want to talk no, about I know, the blended I know thing, but that was just so like Well, it's it's important. Like blended, not blended. I mean, the whole thing, right? Because I see this, I've had this in my own family situation where I'm like, I I am I am working so hard. And this is the thing. I and I think generationally speaking, please, grandparents, remember the um, intensity and expectation of parents when you were parenting is not the same as it is now. The stakes feel so much higher to parents right now. They are so much more involved than the generations before where it was like, go outside and play, right? And so it, we we are so much more attached to our parenting and therefore we're more sensitive and vulnerable. And so it's it can feel really raw to have someone judge your parenting, especially someone that you care about and that you've looked up to, you know, in the past. So I just I think that piece is so important as a future focused grandparent to say part of my intention and proactive choices are going to be around how do I make my adult child feel about what they're asking of me? How do I make them feel about their parenting? Are you cheering them on? Are you telling them regularly what you do like? right? And being really careful about what you're vocal about that you don't like. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that now. No, it is. It's I want to talk about vulnerable. blend. It's really important because yeah. a lot of families are in that situation yeah. and that is complicated. Bonus grandchildren. Yeah, it is. Goodness. And it is very different. It's good that you brought that up. It is very different. We also are parenting with things our parents didn't like technology, social media, yes. kids having phones. I mean, there are things we are navigating as parents that literally weren't a thing a generation yeah. ago. Yeah. So I think some sensitivity for that is important. Yes. It just is. Yeah. So talk about the blend because what's I think probably extra complicated, tell me if I'm wrong about the blend, is that like in in my family, for example, we've got the dynamic between me and my parent right? And then we've got the dynamic between Dave and his parents and then me and Dave's parents and Dave and my parent, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously the in-laws generally, not always, but generally that's the slightly more complex because you've got totally different families of origin and how things were done and, and blah, blah, blah. But then with the step-grandparent, you've now got kids that you weren't around for from the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you've got a whole other tangent of different family of origin and you're navigating you know, second or third in-laws. I mean, gosh, there's just a lot happening. <laughs> in, so in that much happening. Fun crock pot. So talk about that, please. Crock pot, really good term for that. It is like putting a lot of things in the crock pot and then it is low and slow. This is not one of those things you can rush. As I think I've shared a long time ago, I actually don't love the term blended family. Like, oh, I just put it in a blender and it makes a great smoothie. It is more like a crock pot. Like every once in a while, you're going to have that really hard carrot that does not soften for years. So it's, <laughs> great it's just the truth. You, it, this takes time. <laughs> and I would say even just some of those generational differences, unless you've lived through it, Mm -hmm. It was harder for the grandparents to adjust yeah, than it was for Scott sense. and I. Just It was just harder. And I don't even think they would disagree with that. They would say, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to do this. So you're right. And what it took was communication and time. And then just that, those two together, continue to talk, continue to let time pass. And 
be around each other. That's the other hard thing. We didn't have, neither of our parents are nearby. And now our kids also have extra sets of step grandparents. And so we had to give opportunities for them to even be around each other. Like that's already hard in a blend. If you have visitation, the parents, like the new step parent, isn't even always around the kids to help forge those relationships. They're gone for that weekend with their other parent or whatever for a grandparent. Wow. If you're only seeing your biological grandkids a handful of times a year, wow, throw this into the mix. And that's really challenging. That's a great point. Wow. So lots of time and lots of communication. And I'm going to just give a tangible example that I have permission to share because this is one of the things that can happen. And this happened on both sets of grandparents, but there was already a thing going about how they handled birthdays with their grandkids. And there was cards and money sent in both cases. And it is very noticeable to the children when a birthday comes and it's not the same. Mm. Either there's not the same amount of money in the card or as happened to my people a few times, the birthday just got missed. And I get it. Like, that's not a date on the calendar you've had to remember for the last however many years, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to have some talks with our parents about, you know what, this is a visible, noticeable thing. Kids already notice disparity, right? Even in intact families, like, hey, that's not fair. You didn't do it the same. But here where they're already feeling like an outsider, I'm I'm trying to merge into this new family. Oh, and my new grandma and grandpa forgot my birthday. Mm. Like, ouch. So Yeah, or the money difference. Or the money difference. That almost would feel harder, I think, than forgetting. And so we did have to say, you've got to do this part the same. This is what we're asking of you. Like, you have to do this part the same. There may be other things you want to do differently. And that's okay, but then they need to not be visible. So we did have that come up where a set of grandparents wanted to do something different for their biological grandkids, and that was okay, but we were able to do it in a way where none of the other, the step-grandchildren didn't know. Yeah, like something like if they want to contribute more for college or something that was in some fund that no one else sees. No one else sees, Mm -hmm. yeah. and That makes a lot of sense. It's not coming in an envelope where it's like, my check isn't as much as yours, you know. So, and I, I, that went great. And one thing I really do love about my parents, they're, they're, they're so funny, but I I can out them here. They, they just have their little quirky things they do. One is my dad always draws a caricature of himself in the card. <laughs> but it's funny because because even that. even my bonus kids like grew to like expect the drawing from Papa. Like oh. where's you know and if it wasn't there they'd be like he didn't draw his face. Like you know <laughs> so this year I turned 44 people and I called my dad. I was like you didn't draw the face. <laughs> like he's like oh I guess I kind of had stopped doing that for the big people and I forgot you guys kind of all like it. I'm like, yes, you oh, must do it. That's so, so sweet. Tell him yeah. I would like a birthday card this year, January 9th. Um. <laughs> with the face. With and the sometimes face. he'll do it like with like a little of his fingers over a fence, like he's looking over a fence. It's hilarious. <laughs> they're not even good drawings, but they're just, they're a, they're a feature. Right. So right. it's those little parents, things though, right? It's those it little is. things. Absolutely. That's it. Mm-hmm. So do it for everyone. And mm-hmm. then, and then they give the amount of how old you are in $1 bills. Aww. I mean, this is hilarious, right? I mean, to a kid, even that. when you're 18, it's like, that doesn't go very far. Great. I can go to Chipotle. But it's the it's the thing that they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I will totally admit my in-laws give more. But 
my parents, this is their thing. And then they're done after 18. Like this is, you get your $1 bills, but it's like, if you suddenly didn't get your $14, you would feel weird. Right. So I was like, you got to jump in on this tradition with Zach and Blake and Shay. And they did, they did. We, we totally worked it out, but there were just some speed bumps that were hard at the beginning. And that's just, you know, maybe a silly example, but it didn't feel silly to the kids. If you don't get a card or you don't get the money or, you know, you didn't get the drawing. And, and what a beautiful, simple way, actually, really, right? A very simple, like once they realize, oh, yeah, we should do it that way, to make everyone feel whole and included and like yes. a family. I mean, that is really lovely, actually, to find these small ways that making it the same makes them feel the same, mm. which is huge. Yeah. That's what kids want in those situations, right? Yep, yep. No, oh. this, is, this is exactly it. And so I would encourage that communication if there's something where you're like, hey, I needed this to be different. I think that's true, even not in a blend, but it just was kind of extra important for us that we yeah. were like, hey, here they're noticing. We need to fix this. And then another thing, and I've said this before too, back to the creative communication is just getting creative. So mm-hmm. the other thing that our parents weren't great at is like knowing what their bonus grandkids were interested in. Mm-hmm. So it made gift giving challenging. Well, even and, right, even non-step yeah. grandparents yep. struggle with that, especially if they're far away. Yes. You know, like yes. my in-laws sometimes are like, I don't even know what they're into right now. Right? What are they into? Yeah. Yeah. So being creative is really helpful. Like we ended up just saying, if you could just contribute to an experience we can have as a family, because even just going out to dinner with seven people is pricey. And so they ended up, um, they did it differently. My parents did it with gift cards and my mother-in-law did it with writing a check. But what was so great is then the kids could send a thank you note. Like we loved getting to go out to, you know, the restaurant and order whatever we wanted and no, it wasn't going to like send our parents running away from sticker shock. <laughs> and they've even done experiences. Like one year, my parents contributed to us going to Great Wolf Lodge as a family. So that really helped. It wasn't like, oh, I have no idea what this child wants because mm. I don't really know them very well. It's like, I know everyone would love to get to go hang out with their family or go out to dinner or go to a special hotel for the night. So getting creative really helps too. Cause that it is, I have to also appreciate that it's hard for them. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. don't know these people yeah. and yeah. they're, and they're being suddenly like, oh, here's some extra people for you. And they don't know them. And to, to develop a relationship takes time. So what is a way I can invest and make you feel you are an equal share with my, my biological grandkids that doesn't leave me feeling stressed and on my heels about, I don't know what to buy you and I don't know how to help you feel good. And you know, all of that. Um, And I think too, you know, the importance again, as a grown adult uh, grandparent, but just as a grown adult to, to recognize how vulnerable and sensitive um, and how much is going on for kids as they transition into a blended family and really coming at it from that lens. Like as a step-grandparent, what can I do to make these children feel welcome and whole? And what are the, again, intentional proactive choices that I can be making? Because I don't know them and I'm not going to love them right away. But what can I be doing to send a message of inclusion and welcome and, you know, you're safe here? Those are really important things to be doing. That's just it. Yeah. That's exactly I, it. And I think it like as a final thought for me, you know, with when it comes to even the blend, this is another opportunity. If you see a blend coming, have this conversation beforehand. <laughs> mm-hmm. How can we be a part of these kids' lives? How how would you like us to participate in that? And if the what kids do are you old need enough from us. Yeah. And if the Such kids are old enough, one. talk to them. 
You know, like talk to the kids if they're teenagers. Hey, I'm going to be your step-grandparent. What do you want that to look like? What do you need from a grandparent? Because one of the things I didn't say earlier is because we don't have access to all of our grandparents, like you were saying, yours were gone, right, when you were young. Mm -hmm. Chosen family is a real thing, right? That extended network that you were talking about. And in a way, step-parents are kind of chosen family. Yeah. And step-grandparents are chosen family. So thinking about, like, I get to be a part of these kids' lives, whether it's by a blend or, in our case, all the many, many aunties and uncles in their lives that aren't actual aunties and uncles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I'm being welcomed into this kid's life. And w- what can I do to be a part of their well-being and their mental and emotional wellness and their feeling loved and supported? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's it right there. It's instead of this is thrust upon me, it's like I get to choose it. Mm-hmm. Look at it that way. It's an opportunity to get to choose to love somebody extra. Yeah. Extra people to love and extra right. people for your children to be loved by. Never a bad thing. Nope. nope. So whether you're a parent who's going to pass this along or you're a grandparent, we hope that was helpful just to kind of recap. If there was a few little nuggets of takeaways, I know definitely both Kira and I would agree asking that question, you know, how can I help? How, where do I need to match you? Where can I divert from that? What do you need from me? What do you want this to look like? Asking the parents, the adult children, and if they're old enough, the kids, which might come up maybe more in a blend, or if you feel like you've missed the boat on this and want to correct that, but that's important. Lots of communication. That's another one. Even if things are going great, you know, talk about what's going well. Um, Don't be afraid, parents, to tell your parents if you need something to look different. But I also think you grandparents who are hearing this can be offering to hear that feedback. How's it going? What can I be doing better? What are you liking? That's really great. And then I love that last piece that, that Kira brought into the conversation too about chosen family. If if grandparents, whether they're step, bio, whatever, can look at this as I'm choosing to do this well, and this isn't a, a drudgery that they sometimes want me to put them to bed and I'd rather keep them up and feed them ice cream, but like I get to choose to do this. And so much of what we talk about is intention and choice on this podcast. This is a fun choice. You get to choose to love well and to honor your grown children by doing it in ways that work for them. So that's only going to benefit all the grandkids. And we hope it will be helpful to you and that maybe if you're not a grandparent, you can pass this along to someone who will benefit from the episode. We also never want you to forget that if you want extra content, if you would like to interact with us in a in a more close up fashion. We do have membership available. You can find out all about that on our website, futurefocusedparenting.com. Just click on the membership tab. We have three levels that vary from everything from, you know, getting, well, we'll shout out everybody on the podcast, but everything from, you know, shout out on the podcast and just supporting the show all the way to getting to ask us Q&A every month, bring your parenting questions. So, Membership is a great way to kind of join the FFP family and be a little bit more involved. And it does support what we do here. So we appreciate it and encourage you to check it out. We also want you to be following us on whatever platform you listen to. Of course, you can listen right at our website. But if you're an iTunes person, a Spotify person, whatever it might be, please follow the podcast. Then you don't miss out and you get every episode when it drops and get all the new content coming right at you. 
And as we've been sharing, we now have more of a social media presence than we used to. So of course you can find us at Future Focused Parenting on Facebook and Instagram, but we're also over there on Pinterest now. And our Twitter handle, yes, we we tweet, is FF, so two capital Fs, FF underscore parenting. I think Kira likes that FF because, you know, she likes the F. I do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In spirit. So we are so glad you were with us today. Please pass this episode along if you think it will help someone in your world. And we really look forward to being back with you next time. And we're also, honestly, guys, we're also looking forward to being back with each other. So we'll talk to you again soon. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room and partially in my coat closet. Editing by the amazing Allison Preisinger and music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks so much for listening.